Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in two locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information about our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. What's up, everybody? This is a good weekend. I'm just going to shoot you straight. We mix the chairs up. I'm sorry if that offended anybody. Um, but you're not sitting in your normal seat. I like it. Um, so this is a good weekend. It's a good weekend for a lot of reasons. Number one, fall is upon us. Fall weather. I am so tired of sweating. Uh, so cold weather is here. It's coming. Cool weather. Some of you have a, uh, a long weekend. So it's Labor Day weekend. Maybe you don't have to work tomorrow. If you do have to work tomorrow, you may call in sick. And uh, so... Uh, <laughs> You can ask forgiveness for that later, but uh, enjoy tomorrow, so that's good. College football, hello, let's go, praise God, college football's back. Pumpkin spice, (laughs) everything is back, so if you like that kind of stuff, don't act like you don't like it. Uh, Pumpkin spice is back. Um, A lot of uh, college football happened last night. My team lost, Florida State, oh man, I can't stand Alabama. But uh, it's, good. it's good to be back. Another reason why this is a good weekend is it's actually one of our birthdays. You know you're cool when you have multiple birthdays throughout the year. Uh, but Revo actually has multiple birthdays. Um, this day, this weekend, four years ago, we launched the North Campus, uh, about 11 miles north from here. Um, we had a, a, a church, if you've never heard this story, we had a church approach us and said, uh, what would it look like for you guys to come up here and uh, reach people that are far from God. We were downtown at the time, and, and our leadership team thought, man, it probably wouldn't be a good idea to move all of our campus all the way up to Rural Hall on the north side of town. And so we took about 20 families, and we commissioned them up there to the north side of town. And uh, they planted that campus. We planted that campus uh, four years ago, and now there's over 250 people meeting on a weekend uh, up there. 250 of your family and friends. You may not even know them yet, um, but they are worshiping right now. And so uh, because we're one church in two locations, that's our birthday too. And uh, so here's what we did. We've got cake pops in the back. Everybody that leaves can get a cake pop. Not now. When you leave, you can get a cake pop in the bag. You can grab one of those. I would highly suggest you eating it before you get downstairs because if those children see you, they're going to stage a coup and uh, there is going to be a bad day if they find out that you're eating a cake pop and uh, they are not. And uh, so anyway, it's just a way for us to celebrate together, uh, cheer on what God is doing there on the north side of town, and uh, man, just look forward to whatever God's going to do next. Um, so it's, it's, a, uh, it's a good weekend. It's also good because uh, we're closing down this uh, Summer on the Mount series. Has this series been helpful for you at all? I'll pretend like that doesn't hurt my feelings that like three people said yes, okay. All right, so I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it took us 10 weeks to get through a 15-minute sermon from Jesus, and so uh, that tells you a lot about Jesus and a lot about me. Um, so, uh, but, but I've learned a ton, and Jesus really lands the plane here in chapter 7. Um, it's this moment where, where, as a communicator, anytime you do a speech or you give a sermon or you do a talk, there comes a time at the end of your message where you, you have to answer this question, so now what? Right? So you've just talked for 25 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever. So, so you're getting ready to leave these people and everything that you've said, everything that you've shared, it needs to culminate to this point of, all right, so, so now what? What are you asking me to do? What is the action step? 
Like, okay, you just talk, you just share, Jesus shares on adultery and, and remarriage and in relationships and how to spot fake Christians and what the church is supposed to be and generosity and the culture that it, what it means to follow Jesus and all of these different things. We celebrated communion during this time together. And so, so now what? So what, what's, what's the problem? What's, what do you want me to do about it, Jesus? And so Jesus lands the plane here and, and tells us, and, and his original audience, he tells us exactly what his goal is. Here's what I want you to do. If you, if you missed it all, then, hey, you got to get this. And so Jesus is going to land the plane there in Matthew chapter 7, and we'll start in verse 24. When I moved to Winston six years, seven years ago, um, my wife and I, we'd never owned a home, um, so we were going through the home buying process for the very first time. We hired this real estate agent, and um, we, we gave them the house that we were looking for, right? We said bedrooms, uh, bathrooms, uh, side of town, neighborhood, backyard, lot size, what the house is made of. And so we gave them all that, and then we gave them what we were willing to pay. And she laughed. <laughs> Hashtag pastor salary. And um, so I was like, okay, so here's what, we, here's what we want. Like, show us what we can do. So our, our real estate agent began to show us these different houses. And, man, it, this is, I don't know when's the last time you shopped around at houses, but um, when I would walk into some of these houses, uh, it would just blow my mind what I would see. We walked into houses where we, we went upstairs, and no lie, all of the rooms had a different color carpet in them. And I'm not talking about like light brown, dark brown, medium brown, like all in the same palette. I'm talking about like there was a, a, little, a little boy's room that had a SpongeBob SquarePants theme, and that color carpet was bright yellow. I mean, I'm talking about like SpongeBob yellow. Like I walked in, I thought the light was on, but it was not. The light was not on. That's just how bright it was in there. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Walls are colored, painted, the whole deal. Walk into the next room, and obviously it was a little girl's room because it's bright purple carpet, like thick, shag, bright purple carpet and we walked from room to room and I was just like man did they did they get this on sale but it was only like one room's worth of carpet so they were like you know we'll take this color and that like do you have any bright yellow there it is and and so we would walk into some houses and they had just redone the floors um, they'd be tile or, or hardwood floors, and that was really cool. And then some houses you would walk in, and you would like things, uh, but then there were certain things that you didn't like uh, that you wanted to change. Um, paint color is one of those things that everybody has their own personal preference. Like, you can just, like, don't walk into a house thinking you're going to like the paint on the wall. Like when you go in, that's a cheap, easy fix. Paint it whatever color you want to. Um, go in, and some of the appliances are really old, but some of them are, are really nice and new, like stainless steel appliances and and, and new things. And so we just began to, to, to look through these houses and, and try to figure out what we like versus what we could afford. We finally found one. And uh, I didn't realize this, but when you put an offer in on a house, you're supposed to pay what's called a building inspector. Okay, So a building inspector, a home inspector, is going to come in and is going to tell you everything that is wrong with the house. So we hired this guy, and uh, he came in, and, and it was like six or eight hours he was in. So we put this offer in. We we're like, hey, we'll buy this house as long as nothing crazy happens. And uh, so he walks through, and he's, he's checking everything. He brings his ladder. He's up on the roof. 
telling me like, hey, in the next eight to ten years, you're going to need to replace your roof. Shoot, that means next year. Ah, so um, that was seven years ago. Uh, so eight to ten years, you're going to have to replace your roof, and uh, but it's okay right now. There's no leaks. And he even went down and he took the air conditioner uh, unit, uh, uh, the, the, the front of it off, and he pulled the filters out. And he's like, these have not been changed in a while, so you know the air filters need to be changed. He walked around and every outlet that was on the wall, he plugged something into it just to make sure that it worked, just to make sure that a, a, a circuit hadn't been tripped or whatever. He's, he's checking things like, we had to lock the house up. We have a basement in our house, and we had to lock the house up for a week because he did a radon check. And uh, you can't have any airflow going in, so there's like all the doors are taped, and he's got this little radon detector underneath because if, if it's high in radon, then that, that costs a lot of money. And, and so, but basically what he told us is, Hey, man, you know, like, I asked myself, what are we looking for? Like, as you look at this house, I was like, when you look at it from the outside, do you see anything wrong with it? Like, is there a reason why we wouldn't buy this? And, and he said, you know, really, really, the only thing you have to worry about with a house um, is the foundation. That's the big thing. Um, everything else, you can repaint it, you can buy new appliances, uh, you can switch a tub out or, or, or redo a kitchen floor. You can do all of that, but if the foundation is bad, um, then that's going to be a really big problem. And so I was just kind of asking, like, again, I'm a first-time homeowner, I don't know. I was like, if the foundation is bad, like, what are we talking about here, like 100 bucks? Or like, like, do you just like, slide a magazine under one side of it to level it out? And he's like, that's going to be between 10, could be up to 10 to 10000 to $30,000. I was like, first of all, that's a big range, okay? Uh, second of all, like, what, how do you know? How, how can you tell if it's a bad foundation? And he was telling me some, uh, some like, initial things, like some, some technical stuff that he was looking for. But he said, but, but actually, there's some telltale signs for a house. He said, if you walk into, uh, let's say you walk into the kitchen, sometimes the floor can be slanted. And uh, I was like, okay, so just don't have chairs with wheels on them. Don't even worry about it like that. Don't even worry about it. Just, no, he says the floor can be slanted in a room, and that's a, a, a sign that it's a bad foundation. He says you can look on the walls, and, and the walls will have cracks in them. Along the doorways, they may stick. And I was like, okay, crack in the wall. You can hang a picture over that, and that'll cover that up. Uh, what's next? And so he said ultimately, um, if you don't watch out, if it's a bad foundation, the house can actually just, if it gets bad enough, the house will fall in on itself. And like you don't you can't just put a picture frame over that right there. Like it's it's a big deal. And so he gave us this like five page typed out list of everything that was wrong with the house or everything that he thought could use an upgrade or need a change. But thankfully for us, the foundation was was not on there. It was not a problem for us. But he said, man, just foundation issues are a deal breaker. Like you do not want to mess with something that has a foundation issue because it's not a simple fix. It's, it's, it's just going to get worse with time. Jesus actually talks about, as he lands the plane with the Sermon on the Mount, he actually talks about the foundation of a house. He gives an illustration, but he's really not talking about a house. The illustration that Jesus gives is actually referring to our life. See, we are building a life. I need for you to understand that. Everyone in here is building. Everyone in here, you are building. Every day, you add bricks to your life, to your relationships, in your financial life, in your spiritual life, in your personal life, in your emotional life. Every day, we are building. And so Jesus shares this analogy with us, and he says, just like you don't want to buy a house that is on a bad foundation, you also don't want to build a life on a bad foundation. 
And he's going to share with us a few things from this text as he's really begging and pleading with the people that have listened to the Sermon on the Mount. He says, please don't miss this. I know we've walked through the kitchen, we've walked through the bathroom, we've talked about relationships, we've looked at the floor, we've looked at the roof, but here's the deal. Check the foundation of your life. What are you building your life on? And so Jesus shares with us a few things, starting in verse 24. I want to share with you three things that Jesus shares with us about building our life and the foundation that we choose to build on. Here's what he says in verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The first thing that Jesus tells us is this. A strong foundation comes from following Jesus' instructions. A strong foundation, you may be asking yourself, how can I have a strong foundation? How do I know if I have a strong foundation? What is Jesus talking about when he says you need to build your foundation strong? A strong foundation comes from following Jesus' instructions. And so all of this Sermon on the Mount stuff, has been instruction that Jesus has been sharing. Out of all different areas of our lives, all different stages of our life going on right now, these are instructions. And I love how Jesus speaks to a group of people that have been listening to him for the last 15 minutes. He says, I know that you have heard everything that I've said. And that's where some people mess up. Some people believe that a strong foundation with Jesus simply comes from what you hear. I'm going to go to church every Sunday, right? I'm going to go to church, I'm going to make sure that I take notes, and I'm going to listen to the sermon every week. I'm going to sing the worship songs. I'm not going to miss, I'm going to have perfect attendance so that I can hear this every week. I'm going I'm to sing the songs I'm going to talk with a bunch of friends. I'm going to hang out. I'm going to make sure that I'm, that I'm plugged in. And, and I'm going to take notes and listen to the sermon. I'm even going to go back over the notes, like write them down and, and, and read them again later on in the week. And, and Jesus says, you can hear all of the sermon that I just said. You can sing all of the worship songs. You can attend church every single week. You can take a bunch of notes. And guess what? You can still wreck your life. You can still have your entire life fall apart all the way around you. Because here's what Jesus says. The wise person hears my words and puts them into practice. There's the big thing. Puts them into practice. Attending and, listen to this, even agreeing with God's word does not give you a solid foundation. I mean, I, I could ask you guys, do you believe that the Bible is true? Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Like, do you even read the, read the Bible every day? Believe Jesus 100%. Guess what? Your life can still fall apart. Your foundation can still be weak. Even if you say the right things, Jesus says, put these things into practice. What's hard for us is sometimes it just makes us feel good. It makes us feel like we have a strong foundation if we go to church or if we're involved in a group or if we read our Bible every day. Like That gives us a clear conscience that we're doing the right thing, and that can actually trick us into believing that our foundation is, is strong. Well, yeah, I read my Bible all the time. Yeah, I, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Jesus says none of that matters if you're not willing to put into practice what my word says. You just heard this long sermon, great, now what are you going to do about it? 
How are you going to apply it in your life? Little point of confession time. Does anybody here have uh, exercise equipment at their house? Elliptical machine, treadmill, weights, any of that stuff. So um, when I was in uh, New Orleans, I bought uh, an elliptical machine. I don't know why, but um, it sounded good. And I told myself and I told Elizabeth, I said, if I buy this thing, we're going to use it. Uh, I'm going to bring it in the house. Think about this. New Orleans is, the humidity is like 198% all the time. And so uh, I was like, the reason we don't exercise a lot is because it's 198% humidity outside. And like you sweat just thinking about going outside. If we could exercise inside, we would do it. We would do it a lot. Think about this, Elizabeth. We could put this elliptical machine in a room that has a TV in it. We can ellipticize together and watch TV. Do you know I, ha- I still have my little mini fridge from college? Elizabeth, we could put a mini fridge next to the elliptical machine in front of the TV. That way, when you're exercising and you want a cold bottle of water, you can just reach down there, get it. When I'm exercising and I want like an ice cream sandwich, I can just reach down there and get it. It's going to be so good. That's why we're not exercising because you can't eat ice cream sandwiches when you're exercising outside. We should get this. Bought that thing, got that elliptical home, and we, we rode hard on that thing for about two weeks. We put a lot of strides on that thing for about two weeks. And then it got old. And what it turned into was uh, I paid $400 for that elliptical machine. It turned into a $400 clothes rack. When I would come in, I would take my jacket off and I would hang it up on the, uh, the handle of the elliptical machine. Or I would put my books and, and stack them up on the seat because it was by my desk where I did my schoolwork. And eventually, like we, we never rode it. We never ran on it. We never used it. I finally gave it to my dad. And, and it's a place where he hangs his coats now as well in his house. And, uh, but, but here's the idea. Just because you bought that thing and it's in your house doesn't mean you're getting any healthier. Like You, you can't just buy a treadmill and set it up in your den and you're like, all right, let's let the weight fall off. <laughs> like start the, Let the games begin. I'm getting healthier. I can smell that treadmill smell and I'm just getting healthier. Just like you can't just buy a set of weights and put them in your basement and say, it won't be long for I won't be able to wear this shirt anymore. Like they're just in the house and this shirt is going to get tighter. It's the same idea with what Jesus teaches. You can't just read your Bible and close and be like, all right, what's next? What's going to happen? I can already tell I'm getting more and more like Jesus. You can't just walk into the church and be like, yep, more spiritual. I can just tell when I walk through those doors I'm becoming more spiritual. Now, Jesus says you have to practice it. Like You have to get on the treadmill. You have to get in the Word and actually apply it. Now, I want to make something really clear. I'm not, Jesus is not talking about salvation here. He's not saying, hey, in order for me to love you, in order for God to love you and accept you, you have to do works. You have to practice. Jesus isn't talking about that. He's talking about actually moving forward in your relationship with him. Not just reading it, but practicing it. How do you have a strong foundation? It comes from following Jesus' actual instructions. Don't just listen, follow. James says, don't be a hearer of the word only, but also be a doer of the word. That's how your relationship with Jesus grows. That's how you lay a strong foundation. Verse 25, he keeps going. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. 
Jesus says, if you build a strong foundation, here's what's going to happen. When the rains come and the, the wind blows, then, the, then the, 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 the foundation that is strong will remain firm. That's the second thing Jesus teaches. A strong foundation stands firm. Building a foundation is, is not just my listening to God, but doing what he says, putting it into practice. And then Jesus says, when the rains come, I think that's really important for us as followers of Jesus to wrestle with today. Because some people believe that if I just put into practice what Jesus says, then in my life, I won't have any more rainy days. In my marriage, in my finances, in my job, in my relationships, in my emotional, physical, spiritual walk, I won't have any more storms. That's one of the advantages of following Jesus. And Jesus does not say that. Nowhere in Scripture does it say, as long as you follow me, then you'll never have a bad day. You'll never have another struggle. You will never face another pain in your entire life. In fact, Jesus says, when the storms come, not if, not you may get lucky and they'll never come. He says, for every one of us, when the storms come, it's not that you won't face hardships. And here's something that we struggle with right now, because if your life is good right now, if everything looks calm, you're not in a storm, you're not in the middle of any pain or suffering, like you got money in your bank, your family's happy, you've got a great job, uh, you, you've got cool relationships, you love your, your, your boss and your coworkers. it's easy for us not to think about the storm when we're in the middle of a sunny day. But what we have to do now, Jesus says, is you're, you're laying bricks now. You're building a foundation now because eventually the rains will come. Eventually the storm is going to blow in. Christianity is not a guarantee against hard times. The storms in our life are going to come. But if you don't have a good foundation, then basically what you're doing is setting yourself up for failure. The house, just like that home inspection, when I walked in the door, I was like, you know, everything looks good. I mean, it doesn't look like anything's the matter. I mean, paint looks shiny and floors look clean and, and there's carpet in all the rooms and, and like there's nice bushes planted on the outside. But the building inspector came in and said, yeah, but let me, let me look at the foundation. Jesus challenges us today, even if your life looks good, even if you're not in the middle of a storm, it's time to check the foundation. What is your life built on? Because when that rain comes, when the storm blows in, you're going to be tested. And Jesus gives some, some very daunting language here. He says, if you have a strong foundation, then it stands. The message of this is not build a strong foundation and you'll never need it, okay? Jesus says the reason you need to build a strong foundation is because one day the rains and the wind will come and you will absolutely fall without it. A strong foundation remains firm. So how do you get a strong foundation? I have people like this. You ever, you ever heard of a, of a story, maybe an individual that shares a story that is like an enormous faith story? I mean, like you hear a story of what they did or what God did through them, and you're like, how, how in the world did you do that? 
How in the world? did That was a huge decision. Maybe they gave away a huge sum of money. Maybe it was a, they gave away a car to somebody. Or, or, or maybe they made a big move. Maybe they quit a job that provided a lot of security and a lot of safety. And then they, they took another job that was what God called them to do. But it was in a different city, a different place. They up and moved their entire family to this area. Like, How do you do that? What, what, what makes a person do that? What, what gives a person a life of faith? Like that, and I'm telling you, this, this is what I know. Building a good foundation sets you up for building in the future. And what I know about big decisions like that, what I know about following Jesus is a, a life of following Jesus is not just one big decision. It's a bunch of little decisions that are made every day. Every day you choose to trust God. Every day you choose to honor God with your finances, with your relationships, with your job. Every day you pray and you trust in him. And here's what happens. Every day you're laying bricks in that foundation. And like when you first get started, that, that wall is only going to be about a foot high. It's not going to be very strong. It's, it's not going to be very impressive. It's not anything crazy for anybody to look at. But every day you begin to lay another brick. Another brick. Every time you trust God, every time you call out to him and he answers your prayer, it's another brick. Every time you say, God, I'm going to honor you with my money and God provides and continues to bless you, it's another brick. And here's what happens. Eventually, one time, one day in your life, you'll reach a big decision. God's calling you to do something incredible, just huge, life-altering. And at that moment, you're going to be able to look around you and look at all of the bricks that you've laid. All of the times where God was faithful. All of the times where you listened to him, even in the little stuff, you listened to him and you did what he said. And that's when you're going to be able to continue to follow Jesus in great faith. Not just all of a sudden you got a big decision and you're going to make a big jump. No, that's not how it works. It's every day you make a decision. Every day you lay a brick. Every day in different areas of your life you say yes to Jesus. Great things are done by a bunch of small things brought together. Great moves of faith are accomplished when little things are repeatedly done over a long period of time. And if you want to have, be a man or a woman of great faith, if you want to, to build this trust in your relationship with God, if you want to have a strong foundation, it's about laying one brick at a time every day, continuing in the little things, and then one day you'll look up and you've, you've got the entire foundation of your house built. It's something that you can actually build your life on. Last two verses. Jesus says, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. The last promise that Jesus gives us is this. Weak foundations always fall. Weak foundations always fall. If you've built your life on a weak foundation, listen guys, it is just a matter of time before the rains come and the winds blow and it all comes crashing down. It's just a matter of time. Jesus gives us that warning. It may not be this storm. It may not be the very next thing or the thing that you are facing right now, but it is inevitable. Over time, as the life beats us up, as things begin to pile on top of us in different areas of our life, a weak foundation always falls. Here, here's what I learned from that process with the building inspector. 
you know, we would, we would never buy a house if we realized it had a bad foundation. Like, that's a deal breaker. We would not spend 100000 150000 maybe 200000 We would never dream of spending that kind of money on a house that had a bad foundation. How much more valuable is your life? I mean, if we wouldn't dream of, of having a bad foundation on a house, how much more important is, is it for us to say, what is my life built on? This is not a house. This is my life. This is my family. This is my eternity. This is a big deal. And just like we wouldn't mess with a house with a bad foundation, we've got to be really careful trying to build our lives on a faulty foundation because you will invest time and energy and relationships and everything into this life that you're building. And with a poor foundation, it comes tumbling down. How much more valuable is your life than a house? How much more important is this foundation that you're laying this is a game that I brought from my house. You guys ever play Jenga? This is dollar store Jenga, so it's called Jumbling Towers. Um, so uh, <laughs> I can't buy any games that are like real games from my house because none of the games keep all the pieces in my house, so i got to buy the cheap ones. So uh, this is uh, Jumbling Towers, a.k.a. Jenga, minus a few pieces. Um, and I thought this was a really good illustration of what we're trying to do and what Jesus is talking about. So here's, here's our life. Here's what I want you to understand. You are building a life right now. Every day you are putting a brick on. There's not a single person in this room that says, yes, I am going to begin to build my life next week or next month or when I get a new job, or when I move, or when I graduate, or when I get married. There's not a, you, you have already started building your life. Every day, you and I are, are putting new layers of bricks on our life. Every decision, everything we do, everything we say, the relationships that we have, the what we do with our finances, the way that we trust God, we are continually building layers. We're putting bricks on the foundation of our house. Now, here's, here's the way Jenga works. Jenga is, you begin to take different blocks, different layers off of this, and you, you stack it. And this is what we're doing with our life. Every day we're adding new bricks. But here's what Jesus says. If you have built your life on anything else, your foundation is slowly eroding. Some people build their life on finances. As long as I have money, then I'll be fine. And then the stock market all of a sudden has like a bad day, and you lose a lot of that. And money begins to erode. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's something else. And eventually what happens is all those pressures get put on top. And everything else on the bottom begins to fall apart. And you, know, it, it may, you may build this tower up twice before it eventually falls. But it will fall. Jesus says, what is your foundation on? Because no matter how many bricks you put on top, if the foundation is wrong, it's going to fall. No matter how many great things you're doing right now or trying to do with the different areas of your life, without the foundation, it's a bust. Eventually, it goes away. Eventually, you lose everything. Every one of you are building something today. You're building your life, and things are constantly going on top. And Jesus says, before anything gets any higher, 
how's your foundation? How's your relationship with God? Man, how is your relationship with Jesus doing? How are you putting into practices the, the, the words that Jesus has laid out? Because here's the promise. Here's what Jesus says. Not, I'm not even trying to hide it. Storms are coming. Difficulty and pain and suffering and testing of your faith. The winds will blow. And people will pile on and, and beat you up. And Jesus says the only way you're going to stand is if you have a good foundation. The only way you're going to make it, the only way your life does not fall apart and you walk away from it all is if you have a foundation that is built in Jesus. But here's the cool part. Jesus promises, hey, if I'm your foundation, it doesn't matter what storms come, you'll remain firm. If your life is built on listening to God and doing what he says, then the rain, I don't care how hard it rains. I don't care how hard it blows. The foundation is strong. You will remain standing. Your life, your relationships, your family, your future, everything remains intact. But Jesus says that all depends on the foundation. Jesus closes out this Sermon on the Mount by saying, uh, Scripture says that everyone that was listening was amazed at the truth that Jesus has proclaimed. Because he wasn't speaking it like other teachers, like I heard someone else say this or I read this in a book somewhere. But Jesus spoke with authority. What Jesus was giving was the words of life that changed people's lives. Setting them up for success. Laying out the blueprint for what a life following Jesus should look like. And he says, before we go any further, check the foundation. You and I are building our lives on something. Every day we're laying bricks. What's your life built on? What's your life built on? Every day the foundation gets tested. And if it's not Jesus, it'll, it'll fall. It'll erode. What is your foundation? Let's continue to move forward, taking next steps, shoring up the foundation by listening to God and doing what he says and seeing that when the storms and the rain come, how our life still stands firm.